let's talk about electric airplanes welcome to the thought bistro podcast with akhil and vishru as we deep dive into a variety of interesting and thought provoking topics join us as we explore the world of ideas and broaden our collective horizon so recently we completed our first month and we have 500 viewers which is phenomenal for the first month if you think about it yeah man i mean thank you so much to every single one of you who have tuned in and heard one episode two episodes how many ever you heard thank you so much for being a part of our journey thank you so much for supporting us and it is your support it is your enthusiasm it's your feedback that has kept us going so thank you so much keep the love and support going and we love hearing from you guys we love hearing the positives we love hearing the negatives a little bit more because it gives us something to look forward to and look up to so thank you so much for every single bit of feedback we've gotten so far and we look forward to so much more in the future and hope we can continue to educate you even a little bit if we add a little bit to your life i think that's an achievement for both of us and let's hope for many 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 more podcasts to come and many many more book reviews to come and you know go back and listen to the episodes you've not maybe you'll pick up something that you don't know so yeah if you think you've gotten rid of us yet there are many more months and years to come so get used to hearing our voice i guess and continue to be the connectors for our podcast radio then let's move on to today's topic so today we want to talk about electric airplanes i think it's a very interesting segment because we're so consumed in this whole battle for electric vehicles and you know tesla and lucid and neo and companies like that which are coming out with vehicles faster than you and i can think and say now it's time to throw our eyes up into the air and look at travel as we think about it the aerial way man i used to watch this cartoon it was called the jetsons and in the jetsons everybody would have this car which used to fly from their flying houses to the next flying house to their flying office the dog used to fly and the hair used to be made by this machine and you know everything was so automated they would put in like a meal into their machine and the machine would pop out a delicious meal for them no need for anybody to cook i think that's the future we are approaching and i think electrical airplanes are like a huge part of that future as fast as technology is moving even electrical vehicles has been like a very recent change it has come up from 2020 from covid that everybody started focusing so much on electrical vehicles before that it was just a gimmick you know like the first tesla was an absolute it was a toy sports car for the very ultra rich and wealthy so there are a few things there which i would like to you know clarify for our listeners clarify for you and me i think what covid brought to us was such a unique thing because during covid all transportation ceased we had no flights we had no cars nobody was going to work nobody was going to the grocery store it was all staying at home and i can say this that in india we noticed pollution drop to levels we have never seen before i mean in calcutta in may where the temperatures regularly are north of 35 degrees celsius or 105 degrees fahrenheit the temperatures were soothing they were at a lovely 28 29 degrees celsius which is what would be around late 70s early 80s fahrenheit so you know what i'm talking about it's that very nice mid area 
where we were just enjoying ourselves. The windows were open. The, you know, we were enjoying fresh air, non-polluted air, and that got us thinking in ways, and definitely got the entrepreneurs thinking in ways that we haven't before. And it sort of opened the doors. People started thinking, "Oh my God, maybe electric is the way to go," because this is how nice a fuel-free, carbon-free world would be. To be fair, I think twenty-eight degrees is very, very hot. <laughs> Dude, twenty-eight degrees is very hot, but you compare that to thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight with humidity, which goes up to forty-four, forty-five degrees, and I would take that every single day. You know that year, twenty twenty, was amazing in weather terms. I will say, clarifying my statement before someone clips me up and goes, "Oh, you think twenty twenty was amazing? So many people died and whatnot." With all respect to the dead, with all respect to everyone who got COVID, I am just talking purely from a climate perspective. I think everybody will understand the context without an issue. But definitely, having a cleaner weather, having a cleaner air. The fact of the matter is, animals were back on the streets. Animals we had not seen for so many years were somehow visible. Nobody even knows where they got birth from. There was this specific kind of cow which was back. Cows being back in India is such a stereotypical thing to think about, but that is what happened. You know, the fish were back in the ocean. And coming back to topic, why did it happen? It happened because there was lesser pollution, right? And it has become such a significant issue. And a part of this issue is the aviation industry. I think the aviation industry accounts for two percent of the world's carbon emissions. Can you imagine that today? A mode of transport which people are taking on a daily or weekly basis to go between cities and countries is spewing out so much carbon. It's just massive when you think about it. So aviation is actually responsible for twelve percent of the total emissions from all transportation sources. A big chunk of the aviation industry carbon, if we split it into two, twenty percent of it will be the freight, and eighty percent will be the travel. And out of that, eighty percent, around seventeen percent, is from shorter distance flights. Now, these shorter distance flights would classify as the flights up to three hundred miles. That would be, I guess, around five hundred kilometers, right? Approximately four hundred and eighty-two kilometers. Now, these flights can today be converted to electric. So, electric airplanes are coming. But before we start talking about what's happening now, let's talk about the limitations as to why they're not here yet. They're not a new concept. The first electric airplane concept actually came in 1973, with the first electric plane taking off with around five passengers in it. I don't think it did much more than take off because the、uh, batteries were not particularly great back then. And even though there was a successful takeoff, it was I think a what ten minute journey or a five minute journey, if that. And batteries have been a big conundrum, right? In every part of technology, it has always been about energy storage that has held us back. Even when you think about getting to the moon, we need so much fuel because we need to expend a lot of energy in a single go. And we talked about it in our nuclear fusion episode, where we discovered a new way to get more energy out of it. But again, the limitation is where do you store that energy? This is a reference to people who are familiar with the Bollywood industry and have watched some Bollywood films. There was this movie made on India's Mars mission called Mission Mangal, and in that, the major conundrum for making the Mars mission cheaper 
or the major conundrum for making the attempt to reach Mars cheaper was fuel. They said the amount of fuel that was required to traverse the distance from Earth to Mars was so large. And that is why the US was spending so much more money than India was on its Mars missions. So let's put this difficulty into context. If you have one unit of aviation fuel, the equivalent size of how much batteries, battery area you would need is 54 units. And that difference is huge because when you are supposed to take flight, you ta you're supposed to take into account the weight and the size of the things that you're carrying. The weight and the size is taken to the extent that there is a final count done once every single passenger is boarded. You know, you see those uh, ground personnel on the flights when, once you've boarded, right? And there's an announcement that happens, ground personnel, please deep plane. Why are they on board? They're doing final counts and checks to do the mathematics to see how much fuel is to be used. Because even if one passenger does not make a particular flight, the amount of fuel that is used by that flight is reduced. So they have to perform all these checks till the very end, not just during booking, not just during check-in. That is why there are so many pit stops at the airport where you have to show your boarding pass, where they're checking and this, that and the other, is because they are performing these calculations as they go because airlines have a massive fuel cost. And what Akhil just said, imagine one kilogram of airline fuel is equivalent to 54 kilograms of batteries. This was what the case was earlier on. And this is why electric planes were not a reality earlier on. So coming to some good news, these were the numbers from 2010. And over the last decade or so, we have made leaps and bounds strides in battery technology. Although not enough. That 54 number is now down to an early 30s number. Other than that, the electric motors are now lighter than the motors that are supposed to be used for aviation fuel motors, which helps the cause further. And battery expense has gone down by a tenth. So if battery was $100 in the past, in 2010, now the same battery is worth 10 bucks. So essentially what we're saying is we've come down from the weight of an average human to about half the weight of the average human. You can understand it that way. So another big revolution that has started happening is the redesigning of the said plane. So now whenever we see a plane, we see these Boeing 777, which is like the standard plane that everybody's flying. We see these specific Airbuses. Their designs are a constant. And their designs were designed way back when we did not have this advanced technology. Now, there is a lot of friction in designing these new aircrafts. Think about an airplane and you will think about this massive, you know, long body with those two wings, with those four jet engines on the side. That's how you think of aircrafts, right? Where is all the weight distributed? Where is all the fuel? The fuel is all stored in the wings. Today, if that has to be repurposed, it's a major task. Putting batteries in place of fuel is not the easiest thing and all these designs are dated. So you see these new aircrafts coming out every single day, some Neo Airbus, which is supposed to be the most fuel efficient in its category and things like that because there's constantly advancements made in design and the biggest issue with airplane design and why we are still running with such a lag is because 
it's travel in the air if something goes wrong there is only one way you're going and that is down so safety measures on these airplane designs are massive so getting clearances for new planes getting clearances for advanced designs takes a long long time which is one of the major reasons that electric planes have been held back most people have been testing using hang gliders and lighter planes which they can modify with batteries and things like that so that they can make it minimally heavier and these hang gliders usually have a larger ratio when it comes to their wingspan as compared to their body so they can glide longer as the name suggests so they're more efficiently designed which is why people have been testing batteries and all on these kind of planes which are not originally designed for electric usage i think there's another part to this puzzle so these planes have an expected life cycle of around 30 years from purchase and airlines by themselves are a very thin margin business what that means is that the people running the airlines don't really make that much money when compared to the kind of revenue they drive when compared to the kind of money they actually receive from their customers they have they have to run on very tight schedules so think about it this way 30 years ago it was the year 1992 1993 sorry cell phones were a very very nascent concept they were the size of your forearm and they weighed about 3 stone the internet was i think 1 year old or 2 years old to connect to the internet you had a dial up router which went and it took like an hour to connect that is how long 30 years is so you can imagine the amount of technological advancements that happen over a period of 30 years so if you are buying something which is going to last you 30 years or which you are predicting will last you 30 years there is going to be a major technological impact between the time you buy your first product to when you then buy your next product 30 years later especially with an engineering marvel like a flight right and talking about the thin margins that they run at there was this flight of british airways british airways flight 268 and this flight was supposed to fly from la to london mid flight one of the engines burst out and they did not know what to do if they had made an emergency landing anywhere the cost to the company would have been so high that even when contacting the headquarters the company just decided that we are not going to make an emergency landing In fact we are going to drop the altitude of the plane and we are going to still land wherever we are supposed to. You know they had to take a lot of brunt force of the public but on a budget scale that is all they could do otherwise British Airways would have to face humongous losses which they could not bear. So I guess that's the beauty that's the beauty of airlines though. They come in with so many redundancies built into them because of the safety that I was alluding to earlier. You know when things go wrong there is only one way so a lot of the times the four or six or eight engines that we see on a jet plane it only needs about 50 60% of those to actually make a flight it doesn't need its full engine power so a lot of those are built in as redundancies so that and by redundancies i mean something to back it up because if there is something like what happened to british airways if something like that happens mid air it is too expensive to land elsewhere reschedule all those passengers you can just 
take the required safety measures, fly at a lower altitude, and still make your flight because your your aircraft is physically capable of flying with lesser engines than are on board. You can talk about all the lodging in the world, but imagine being in one of those flights, looking outside and seeing that one of the one of those engines is smoking. I would be so scared in a flight like that because if it crashes, I'm gone. Like all of those wearing a seatbelt in the plane is not going to save my life. Oh, definitely. I mean, there is no denying that. But at the same time, it's just reassuring to know that it's not the end of the world. You know, when you are in that situation, it definitely feels like it's the end of the world. I think if I was in that situation, definitely my brain's not going to go to logic. But later on when you read these things and when you just peruse around news that's coming out you realize that okay it seemed like it was a very big deal but it's actually not that big of a deal well getting back to topic electric airplanes are nowhere close to replacing these humongous flights which would carry so many passengers however electric planes are becoming pretty capable and electric planes might be an answer to the short flights, as we discussed before, flights within 300 miles, 400 kilometers. France recently banned short-haul flights in 2021. And that is the first time there has been a business case for these companies to go out and buy electric planes, to go out and invest in these electric aircrafts in order to actually make money out of them. So... If you had to think of 300 miles as a distance, you know, it can just, it can mean anything. Today, what are you and I going to understand by just saying 300 miles? So, New York City to Pittsburgh is 318 miles. New York City to Niagara Falls is 300 miles. Just to give those of you familiar with that landscape an idea of what 300 miles might look like. Delhi to Kasol, for all our younger viewers, is 388 kilometers, which is 100 kilometers under the 480 kilometer mark that these airplanes would be flying. Lahore to Delhi, Lahore, Pakistan to Delhi is 410 kilometers. So just to give you a sort of idea of what distances these aircrafts are flying, places which would take you five, six hours by car, if I had to look at 300 miles from London, Amsterdam to London is 375 kilometers. So you can imagine all of you who take that Ryanair flight from London to Amsterdam. That could be an all-electric flight in the not-so-very-far future. I think when a capital case scenario is actually made for companies, when a scenario to actually make money out of this is made for companies is when things really start bouncing, right? And when fuel becomes more expensive, and as we've seen in this world, a few countries dominate such resources. If those countries exploit their domination like Russia did recently with natural gas, we all become very culpable. In order to battle our insecurities, we have to go electric and we have to start from these shorter flights if that is the answer. And businesses have been seeing that, you know, this is actually an answer. Talking about some of the recent developments that have been happening, three companies have been standing out, at least in our research. One of those companies is actually very, very interesting. They're called Aska. You can reach the company's website in the information below. 
they're trying to make a car alternative electrical vehicle plane. So basically, it'll be like a five-seater electrical vehicle plane and it will be available for individuals to purchase. However, their vision is very funky, right? Their vision is, it'll be like an Uber, like a Lyft type app. On the app, you will decide where you want to go. A car-sized plane is going to land in front of your porch. You're going to sit inside the plane and it's going to fly you to wherever you want to go and it'll drop you off there. It sounds so futuristic. Oh my God, like I can't even imagine that kind of a future. For all of you who have ever been annoyed with traffic, here is your solution. I know you have all been there. I know I have been there where you're sitting in traffic and you were like, oh, how I wish my car would just sprout helicopter wings and you would just go sailing above the traffic. Imagine that becoming a reality where this car, plane, helicopter, whatever you want to call it, comes down in front of your house. You sit in it. It takes off and you fly over traffic to wherever you want to go. Does that not sound amazing? In the near future, everybody's going to come across this term. This term is called EVTOL. I don't know how you pronounce it. Maybe it's EVTOL. And what it stands for is electric vertical takeoff and landing. What that means is the plane does not need a runway to start taking off, kind of like a helicopter. It just goes up and comes down in this one spot. Have you seen Avatar? You know those planes that they have? Those Quinjets or whatever they're called. Avatar, Avengers, all these futuristic sci-fi movies as we call them. You see those massive jet planes, just the engines turning downwards and the plane just lifting off. That is what we're talking about. They claim that they'll have it commercially viable and commercially viable by 2026, which is just three years down the road. I know these companies tend to be like very, very aggressive with their timelines, especially for their investors so that, you know, the money is not pulled under their toes. But 2026, if possible, can you imagine the kind of future? That would be great. Dude, 2026 is what, three years away? Three years back was 2020. Guys, it has been three years since COVID. Can you imagine in three more years, we're going to have electric car, plane, helicopter, hovercraft. I don't know what you call these things. Forget three years. Imagine even if it's five years. I mean, that is stunning. Another company which is doing something similar is called Beta. And Beta is being backed by UPS. UPS has purchased 30 of Beta's planes. What they are trying to do is they are trying to overhaul the last mile delivery. So last mile delivery is when a product is delivered from the warehouse down to the customer. And it's just that last mile within the location. Last mile is essentially within the city. Once things arrive at a warehouse, which is either outside a city, within the limits of a city, or sometimes even within the city. So when it gets from there to your doorstep. Imagine in India, one of those Amazon scooter drivers who come with your package to your house. Or in the US, those FedEx trucks, those UPS trucks that come around to your house with your packages. That is last mile. The last mile delivery actually accounts for around 30% of the 20% that we spoke about earlier. So they also account for a big chunk of carbon offsets that that road transport has been accounting for. So UPS is trying to counter that with this company called Beta. So another company that has been popping up is called Heart Aerospace. 
So Hart Aerospace got an order from United Airlines for 200 planes plus 100 more if they like them. This was a huge order. It was placed back in 2021. And it was placed understanding that these planes will seat 15 people. Within the last year, they have updated their planes model. The new model is called ES-30. And ES-30 can actually fit in 30 passengers, can fly for 200 kilometers all electric, can fly for 400 kilometers hybrid, which means the takeoff and landing will be electric, but keeping the plane afloat will be based on gas. And if they can do a payload of only 25 passengers, then they can fly for 800 kilometers one direction. They also have a turnaround period of 30 minutes, which means that once the plane lands within 30 minutes, it can fully charge or the batteries can completely be replaced out and they can go for a new flight, which is incredible. The same company in 2022 September got an order from Air Canada for 30 more flights of the same airplane. United currently runs 860 aircrafts. They have placed an order for 200 aircrafts. Plus 100. So potentially going up to 300. Can you just think of the scale of that? That is 30-40% of their current fleet. They have ordered aircrafts which, given their current fleet, make up about 35 to 35 odd percent of their current fleet. That is just insane. Can you imagine if an airline as big as United has placed such a big order, what is going to happen in the next few years? I don't think you and I can imagine it in terms of electric airplane. So they're actually planning on launching these airplanes within their thing by 2028. And still heavy investment is going in it. They are aiming that by 2030s, this range can be up to 300 kilometers all electric based on any kind of battery developments that might happen. As we all are now aware that battery is a hard limitation factor on airplanes. I think battery is the hard limitation factor not on airplanes, but anything electric. You see cars, there's always a conundrum with range because the range is all dependent on batteries. The more batteries you add, the more weight you add, and the more weight you add, the less range you get. So this this whole dilemma, this whole tug of war between finding the perfect battery weight as compared to the perfect range is something that we're going to be hearing about a lot more in the future. The other company that I was reading about, in fact, or the other airplane that I was reading about was Alice. It's done by this company called Eviation. I think it's a nine or ten seater plane. This is one of the first fully electric planes. As you know, when it comes to electric vehicles, there are some vehicles which are built on what is known as an electric platform and some which are built on a fuel platform but are adapted for electric usage. One of the most telling ways of, you know, finding the difference between these two is in the rear seats. Think about a car. The rear seats of the car always have that little hump in the middle, right? Which the middle passenger has to deal with. Where do I put my feet? Do I put it on top of the hump, on the side of the hump? But on electric vehicles, there's usually a flat floor. That is the difference between an electric platform and a fuel platform. Similarly, for aircrafts, as we spoke about earlier, that clearances, safety checks, Precautions are so high that getting clearances for a new model of aircraft or a completely revamped design of aircraft is a very lengthy process. So Alice is one of the first airplanes which was cleared to do test flights. And Alice is completely 
built for electric travel only from the ground up. So it has batteries under the wings, it has batteries under the main passenger belly where you would store your cargo, it has batteries distributed all over the plane so that it can optimize its weight distribution, it can better manage the weight that the batteries add to it and it just makes for a more efficient usage and distributions of the batteries on board. So Mexico's Aeris Airlines actually placed an order for 30 airplanes by aviation, these Alice airplanes. And this order was placed in 2023 January, which is very, very recent. You know, as regulation does come in and as we are getting more and more cautious about our carbon footprint, the amount of CO2 we are releasing into the air and as it has been damaging society, as it has been damaging Earth, the more investment is going to be going into these places and the more solutions there are going to be. And already there are such solutions popping up, which is incredible and it is an incredible feat of humanity. Elon Musk was having this one talk. I think it was a TED talk. And in that, he says people like to believe that innovation just happens. And as time goes by, things get better. But the last time we landed on the moon was in the 80s. And since then, we have just stopped going there. He made a change. He made a difference and an active effort towards getting humanity back to space with SpaceX, which is an incredible company, maybe a topic for the future. I think he himself has reduced the amount of waste that space travel generates by getting these disposable parts of spaceships to come back to Earth and land in a way that they can be reused. Again, a whole episode for another time. I think we keep coming up with these episodes. I don't know when we're going to get to them. Oh, we will. We are on for a long journey with all of you. And we will definitely get back to all of these episodes. If you hear any episode mentioned in one of our tangents, I think is a better way to put it. Please let us know if we don't cover it because we tend to forget. So yes, coming back to innovation. Innovation needs to be an active effort. Since we are now aware of the harms of our increased carbon footprint, I love these efforts that are going in. You know, we can sit there and be very negative about this. Oh, this sounds so unrealistic. Oh, this is never going to happen. But I would like to take the brighter approach and just be excited about a future that may or may not be. Because that future sounds so amazing that might as well believe in it. I think it's better to believe than to be stuck in this monotony that, oh my God, what are we doing? We're doomed. We're a human race that has completely destroyed the earth and things like that. We have to hope for things to get better. Only then can we spark some innovation within us. Only then can we spark some fire within us to do something different. I think to end it, let's end it with an Elon Musk quote since he has already come up and I, I really like the fellow. He says, there have to be reasons that you get up in the morning and you want to live. Why do you want to live? What's the point? What inspires you? What do you love about the future? If the future does not include being out there among the stars and being a multi-planet species, I find that incredibly depressing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Thought Bistro podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and were able to learn something new. If you liked the episode, please be sure to subscribe to our show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow us on social media. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are available in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and we shall see you in the next one.